On this week's show, how chanting healed one woman and turned her into a doctor. Plus, just the tiniest bit of moonology, how you can use chanting when you're setting your new moon intentions. Welcome to the Mainly Moonology podcast. I'm your host, Yasmin Boland, an award-winning astrologer and the Sunday Times best-selling author of books including Moonology and creator of the Moonology Oracle Cards. My intention for this podcast is to help you understand how you can create your dream life using Mainly Moonology, the moon, as your guide. When Dr. Gemma Perry found herself feeling depressed and low in her late 20s, she took an alternative route to healing. Among other forms of self-care, which included yoga therapy and movement, she also started chanting. Yeah, I was pretty unwell um, and I had tried different things and was sort of at the point that I was ready to try anything, which took me to chanting. Basically, there's is it mild, moderate and severe depression. And I was diagnosed with severe depression. So it's, you know, it is up there. And I was kind of unable to really work. It was like low mood, constant tears, also fatigue. Often often people who don't kind of understand depression or who haven't experienced it, they sort of see people with depression and it's like, oh, well, just go for a walk or just listen to some music. And it's like that the person can be experiencing quite severe physical symptoms as well, you know, and I definitely had that. I did, um, I did end up, you know, like when I said I started chanting and, and that was, you know, it was a huge part of my healing process. I also did a lot of other things and that was, you know, forcing myself to do physical movement, um, getting on the yoga mat, even if it was just to like lie there or sit there, just make that effort to, to move, you know, in that direction. I stopped, you know, anything toxic in the system like alcohol and all that kind of thing. I changed my diet, you know, so I did a, I did a whole range of things and I had a lot of support and resources as well. So uh, that was how I was able to manage to find my way out, but other people might, you know, need different, you know, forms of medication as well. And yeah, so it's different for everybody. This was about 14 years ago when Gemma was in her late 20s. She was so amazed in particular at the impactful role that chanting had to play in her recovery that she decided she wanted to know more. She seriously wanted to know more. So she started to study chanting. I started to feel better, you know, at, at some point. And then I I was actually already enrolled in yoga teaching. Then after that, I went to study psychology at university and then got to my honours in psychology. And I landed in this amazing um, music, sound and performance lab at Macquarie University with Professor Bill Thompson. I remember I like he said, so so what what are you interested in, Gemma? I was like, well, I'm really interested in chanting. And I really thought that the topic was just going to be shut down right there and then, but it wasn't. You know, he was really interested in it as well. 
then I uh, found another supervisor as well. So we worked together, Vince Polito, and somehow we did honours and then masters and then PhD with these same supervisors. And the research has been really well received, both with media and also in academia. So it just seems to be a good time for it. So Gemma is now a postdoctoral researcher at Macquarie University dedicated to the field of mantra meditation research and how its positive outcomes can impact no less than society. Gemma scientifically investigates the effects of chanting mantras on effective and cognitive processes. That's the official line. Plus, as you've heard, she's also a qualified yoga teacher and has been practicing and studying yoga psychology and philosophy for over 10 years now. She's also one of the first people in the world to have a PhD in mantra research. Research. She said it changed her life and quite possibly it can change anyone's life. I asked Dr. Perry to sum up her three main findings after all this study and this was her response. So what we found in particularly in the PhD because we did a whole lot of stuff before we looked at stress, we looked at cortisol levels in saliva, you know, found decreases in stress, increases in social connection. But to to just bring it into the PhD, we found that chanting is associated with profound alterations in consciousness. So, you know, people having these kind of altered states that are characterised by a sense of unity and and peace. Um, We also found that people who are chanting, if they value things like devotion and setting intentions, then they're more likely to have enhanced effects like things like uh, flow states, um, increased mindfulness, decreased mindful attention and increased quality of life. And then the third thing that I would say is that we found that online chanting interventions, because I did happen to do a PhD during a pandemic, (laughs) um, so everything (laughs) everything went online, and we found online chanting interventions could also have things like social connection and altered states of consciousness. So if that was like too much information, I would say I would say chanting can um, can alter states of consciousness, which just wasn't in the research before. Um, it can increase social connection and it can decrease stress. At this point, I was wondering how long do you have to chant to get these incredible benefits? It's going to be a whole lot of variables, but I will say that we did some studies that just had novice participants, so people that had never chanted before, and they chanted for 10 minutes and they had increased social connection and decreased psychological and physiological stress. Hey there, what are you wishing for? Alien here again, Yasmin's podcast producer. One of Yasmin's wishes is to get your vote. This year, she has been nominated for the Astrologer Expert Award at the Soul Awards 2022. If you like what Yasmin does, it would mean a lot to us if you could take a minute to go to soulandspiritmagazine.com awards and click on to vote for a category. 
We'll add the link to the show notes for easier access. The website is soulandspiritmagazine.com slash awards. We're really grateful for your support and your vote will help get Yasmin to the finals. Thanks again. And can we define, please, Gemma, what you mean when you say altered state? Yeah, so an altered state, and it is a really good thing to define because we could just say an altered state is decreased stress, you know, depending on how you do define it. Yeah. But the ones that we're talking about is these ones are quite profound alterations in, in consciousness. So it's transcending the mundane state of awareness that is just this state that we're in from day to day, you know, doing our daily tasks. Um, and these are more states that feeling a, a, a common thing with the altered states that we looked at is emerging with something else. So it could be uh, flow states that we looked at. And flow is when people feel emerging with the activity that they're engaged in. Um, so it could be art, it could be music. In our case, it was chanting. Then we looked at mystical states and mystical states, people feel a loss of boundaries as well. So merging either with another person or with their environment. And same with ego disillusion. Again, there's a kind of a loss of the small self, for lack of a better word, kind of like that personality and identity self and emerging with something greater than the self. So in terms of using chanting to help us get out of a negative headspace or even an actual depression like Gemma used it or to move through anxiety, obviously a lot of people who are feeling really down in the dumps, they're not going to want to go and join a chanting group necessarily. They might want to do something at home. How does that work? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And it is such a personal experience. Although we can diagnose depression and we can say there are these symptoms, everyone's kind of experiencing it differently and at different stages and their process of healing is different. I did actually start with group chanting and it was it was an interesting experience, my my first chanting experience. I I was quite overwhelmed by by everything happening. When I teach chanting now to people that may have never chanted, I might start with humming, you know, and then some simple sounds. But but what I had taken myself off to was a yoga studio and there was a big fire ritual in the middle. There were people dressed in special robes and there were offerings going into the fire. Like this was, you know, quite <laughs> quite a serious ceremony. But I did find that it was I was drawn to it. I was drawn to go back to it. And then I was actually drawn to go and seek out other communities because I was like, oh, it's not just chanting in yoga. There's Buddhist communities chanting. There's Hindu communities chanting. And so I was going off to anywhere that I could find that was chanting. I became really curious. And right. so I think that's what I would say is that there are so many different ways that you can engage in chanting, can listen to it at home and see how that makes you feel. You can find different mantras and see how they make you feel. It's really good to have a teacher that can guide you with the different mantras. And when I say mantra, that's like a Sanskrit word. I think your listeners know mantras because I think you talk about them quite a lot. The bottom line seems to be just get started, see where it takes you, do it at home, 
listen to it in your earbuds or on your headphones or just chant OM out loud. You may have heard that Dr. Perry mentioned having an intention before you chant. And of course, that works absolutely perfectly with the moonology work we do at the new moon. Set your intentions and then chant. Chant and then set your intentions. It's all going to be good for you. If you vocalize, the thing about that is if you're mind wandering, if you're ruminating, all of these things that come along with depression, you could still be mind wandering if you're vocalizing a sound. You could still be ruminating, especially if you're, you know, reciting a simple sound because you don't have to stay that concentrated on it. But even if your mind wanders and you're vocalizing, you're still having a physiological effect. So you're still affecting your breathing rate, which is, you know, directly impacting the parasympathetic nervous system. And so even if you kind of wander off but you're vocalising, you can't help but get effects from the chanting. What's all this about this parasympathetic nervous system? So it helps us to relax. It can decrease levels of stress hormones like cortisol and that's what we we looked at in I think that was that was my master's in research we we tested levels of cortisol in saliva and found that to decrease after 12 minutes of chanting om so Mm -hmm. so if someone's experiencing depression or anxiety then I mean the first thing to do on any kind of spiritual venture is relax like we need to we just need to relax yeah, that's, that's kind of step one. One of my kind of drives is sharing chanting as a form of something people can do for their mental health or even to optimise their life and have more self-awareness, that kind of thing. Because in the West, we've really just focused on mindfulness and mindfulness Yeah, mindfulness is wonderful and it also comes into chanting because you're actually, you know, when you get more advanced in chanting, you are mindful when you're chanting, so you're using all the practices. But mindfulness, mindfulness, it comes from a really rich, holistic system and the West has plucked out this tiny little thing and, you know, basically for the Western atheist, you know, and... um, like it's sort of coming to light now in in academic circles and things and the problems with just taking that one thing without without everything that comes with it yeah Um, so I, I guess what I'm saying in a kind of roundabout way is yes we need different practices maybe for different stages of life for different personalities you know, even within the chanting, there's different ways you can chant with like all of this devotion, uh, like bhakti yoga, or in more like of a Vedic kind of chanting, focusing on, you could still be really devoted, but sometimes they focus really on the articulation of the sounds. And so it's more that kind of physiological and, and, and psychological effect that those sounds have. And so, yeah, I think it's important to have so many different tools that we can use. Um, and, yeah, I'm a big believer in, in all of it. 
And so anybody who's listening who thinks, okay, I'm going to start, I'm going to start by myself, I'm going to do 10 minutes a day like Gemma, like Dr. Perry said, can they just start with Orb? And and if they don't want to start with Orb, is there an alternative like So Harm or Om Shakti or, you know, what would you suggest to someone who's literally hearing this going, okay, well, I'll give it a go? Yeah, I mean, I think Om is a really great place to start. I actually find Om is sometimes easier for people that are starting. You can try it. Each person can try it and see what works. But Om, uh, it, it gives you these different sounds. It sort of falls in different places in the body. Amazing. At this point, I feel like it would be really good to take this out of the theoretical and give you three minutes of chanting from two people who are perhaps the best-known chanters on the planet today, Deva Pramal and Mitten. That's Deva, D-E-V-A, Pramal, P-R-E-M-A-L, and Mitten, M-I-T-N. Have a listen. If you're wearing headphones and you can sit back and relax, all the better.
That was literally just three minutes of Deva Pramal chanting Aum. I just want to thank Dr. Gemma Perry for being with us today. I hope you enjoyed that chanting at the end. And if you want to find out more from Gemma, she is on www.gemmaperryom.com. That's Gemma, G-E-M-M-A, Perry, P-E-R-R-Y, Om, O-M, dot com.